0: Welcome to The Dangerous Leader, where we invite leaders to share their best experiences thriving in a world that expects them to conform so that you can thrive too. Hello there, Dr. Jennifer Murphy here, along with Alex Schulte in the producer box. And Alex, I just have to ask you, what are you going to be intentional about today? Um, <laughs> You always catch me. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna intentionally um, be kind to people today. Ah, are you usually mean to people? Is that what I'm hearing here? Uh, (laughs) No, I just really couldn't think of anything, and I thought that would be a good thing to say. How about you be intentional about remembering that I'm always gonna ask you a question in this intro? God, I don't know (laughs) if that's gonna help. (laughs) Uh, Either way, I am the creator of the Art of Living Dangerously leadership model, and really truly believe that we are the sum of our experiences, which leads me to our guest today. I've got Tanya Green on the show, who really is a role model for me about living a full life. And that's a new term that I I learned today. And I'm excited to actually change my mindset around that. And Tanya, I mean, she's running a couple of businesses. She's parenting some very active and truly amazing children. She works in partnership with her Jamaican-born husband, who is a executive chef and really world-class chef. And we're gonna talk about leadership, self-awareness, and this concept of intentionality. So with that, I bring you the latest episode of the Dangerous Leader podcast and my guest, Tanya Green. And I'm sure after listening, you will rethink how you position your priorities. Well, thank you, Tanya, for being here today. I'm um, super excited. Um, so for listeners, I think I messaged you yesterday evening. It was like, the person I was planning on being here had to back out. Can you do it? And you were in. And I love that. So thank you. I just have to, <laughs> have to doesn't, thank you for doesn't that. Doesn't always happen. No. Just so happened that I had a window. Yeah. yeah. And so many people that I know and want to talk to are so busy. And I was just like, I hope Tony's available. Like, because I've been wanting to get you on this show anyway. And I was like, perfect opportunity for me to just reach out and see, you know? Yeah. And I think it's also a lesson in just kind of trusting, like, when you feel called to do something, to do it. Cause they're like, in that moment, I was just like, just ask her, just see. Don't assume she's busy. No. Ask her, right? One of the four agreements. Do yes. not assume yes. anything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm excited to have you on because you, like, I know a lot of busy people. You are probably in the top five of <laughs> busy people that I know with all the things that you do. So tell me, you have multiple businesses. You've got multiple children who are active and engaged in things. And earlier when we were talking pre-show, you were like, oh, that's a loaded question. But tell me anyway. <laughs> First of all,
1: um, my life is full, mm-hmm. not busy.
0: Oh, great clarification.
1: I'm, I almost despise that work. yeah so, so wait okay like, so before you go into it, why
0: why do you hate busy
1: um because i think it's it's an excuse for people mm. it's an easy out for people instead of them just being strong and saying no that doesn't work for me oh my gosh it's not my priority right now uh, and so i've learned to as my life as gets fuller and fuller yeah. i always think it's gonna stop and then i'm yeah. like no i just add one more thing yeah. but a kid uh you know yeah. whatever and um And it's just that way where it's like, I'm so busy. It's like a badge we wear Mm -hmm. instead of being like, okay, I'm a strong person. I can tell a person, Mm -hmm. no, what am I afraid of? Disappointing them. Right. And then my, everything's full and, and I'm resentful
0: Mm.
1: versus like it being full of the things that I'm choosing, like being here today, I chose this and I've been running around like crazy all day and I will continue until later tonight, but it's, it's by my design, yeah, and that's what's
0: super important. So I love that. I love that so much because I think that what you talked about was choice. That's intentionality. Yeah, like being intentional and saying this works for me or it doesn't. And I'm in this crazy place in my life right now where I was in that, like, I'm so busy. And I literally did have way too many things. Yeah. In, uh, more than hours in the day. So I've started to edit a little. Mm-hmm. But I love that framing of I have a full life versus mm-hmm. a busy life.
1: Yeah. I have yeah. that
0: same relationship with work-life balance as a phrase. I hate that phrase. I hate the idea behind it. Like, as if somehow you can equitably distribute you can. your love and energy and passion, you know, to everything. I
1: think... I talk about balance a lot in my coaching yeah. and in my goal-setting workshops and stuff. And I do believe that it's possible, but I think it's an inner thing. Mm-hmm. It's a harmony between yes. all the things that you have versus, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I, we work a ton yeah. between all the things. Yeah. Um, and we we don't play a ton, mm-hmm. but it's the position and the where we are in life right now where we're mm-hmm. like, we want to honor a lot of things. We want to honor our debt. We want to honor... Our kids' activities, we want to honor, you know, our goal, our own goals and dreams mm-hmm. in it. So it's where we are right now. And it there's sometimes that it feels overwhelming. And so I just have to say, like, okay, where are our priorities at and yeah. how do they fall in alignment? And are we addressing those first? And if not, then what has to go?
0: Right. So yeah. yeah
1: it's taken a lot. It's taken a long time to get yeah. to that point. But eventually I just learned if if this is what I'm gonna choose, yeah. then it's gotta work.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and so you said
0: we a couple times. Who's we?
1: Yeah. So we is sometimes a lot of people. My family is <laughs> super important to yeah. me. Um, ultimately, our Creator, God, mm-hmm. is is my number one, and He's part of our circle as well. Yeah. Um, but my husband and I, mm-hmm. we we live our life together fully. Um, we don't spend a lot of time together <laughs> <laughs> in passing, but um, there are always decisions that we're making together because for a long time we did live our lives very separate, and mm-hmm. that was not functioning for us. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we have a ton of communication, and most of it is via Google Calendar <laughs> to keep everything straight. <laughs> and I'm always the one that gets in trouble for not putting things in the calendar.
0: Which usually you hear that story in reverse, yeah. Right? Yeah. I love that. I mean, I, yeah. I put a ton of things in
1: there, but yeah. then there's always those things in my mind that I'm like, oh, it's fine. I got yeah. this. And then he schedules something. I'm like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> it's not his fault. It's mine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So tell me about some of the... You guys run a few businesses together. So tell me about those. Speaking yeah. of togetherness.
1: Yeah. So um we're both chefs by degree. Sure. I'm not necessarily practicing anymore ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to do the fun stuff. Yeah. I don't like to do the hard work. He does that. Uh, we uh, He owns a company called Chef Green & Co. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's cooking classes, private chef dinners. He's a traveling private chef mm-hmm. for a few destinations which is really fun um, for some clients. And then also um, under that umbrella we, we have uh, the jerk seasoning business. He's from Jamaica, born and raised, mm-hmm. came here as an adult um, college student. And um, had a dream of creating this uh, marinade seasoning Mm -hmm. of a recipe that's been passed down from generations of his uncle. So that that is labeled Uncle Barris under the umbrella of Chef Green & Co. um, as kind of homage to his uncle who taught him that. And then um, we sell that at farmers markets as well as uh, sometimes we actually cook because people asked us to and we finally said yes. <laughs> um and uh, now we're in a few of your local high V stores oh. as well. So that's super exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is exciting. So that's that one. How long's that been going on with it, with selling the seasoning and going to the farmers markets and whatnot?
1: Well, selling the seasoning not out of our garage fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I always uh, like to tell people that tell that's great that's, businesses yeah, start. That's the reality <laughs> of it, yeah. you know. And sorry, if, food department like department of health (laughs) i mean we're super clean people i promise um but uh so we actually started it during the pandemic like the actual official Mm -hmm. business of it okay um he teaches at kirkwood culinary and local community college and we decided since he had nothing else to do it was now or never to get this thing off the ground and yeah. he did. And we just worked really hard at consistency and then bottling and the logo and all of that, making it really intentional and um, the colors that he likes. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> That's, we'll, we'll integrate those in some way, shape or form. But um, yeah. So um, literally since I would say, They found out that classes were canceled March something and... By May, we were kind of in production and figuring it all out. And then wow. farmers markets uh, as soon as those opened up. So, Wow. Yeah. Well,
0: congratulations. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. It's been really
1: cool um, to see, you know, a real like American dream come right. to fruition and the support of our community behind us. And mm-hmm. then, you know, just the intentionality of everything that he works so hard as a first generation yeah. person um, to be here. Yeah. And what that really means um, and what it means for his family. And, you know, we can only hope that it creates a legacy that will, you Mm. know, help ease the burden of what it means to be a immigrant child in the U.S. with all Mm. of your family overseas and such. It's a totally different uh, experience, one that I could have never understood. Right. Um, So that's been you know, a learning curve as well. Yeah. Like, how do you support this when it's so not how um, our family dynamics are created here in the U.S.? So. Yeah. So yeah. his
0: entire family is still in Jamaica at this point, for right? the most part. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Few like sisters travel back and forth, and sure. he has like. Aunts and uncles are an interesting thing in the Caribbean, maybe Mm. as well as other places, but your aunts and uncles sometimes aren't really your blood relatives. Adopted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he has like an aunt and uncle that are in New York. But yeah, besides that, he's the only one. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I love those adopted family members. I've got an adopted uncle. He was my dad's best friend all through high school and whatnot. Mm -hmm just my whole life he's been Uncle Joe yeah. you know and, and it's never it's just been consistent and not mm-hmm. even carried on to my brothers even though they weren't around him quite as much but yeah. it's I think it's, it what it represents is just that that closeness you know your family isn't always your blood your family yeah. is the community that you build 100%. around you. 100%. Yeah that's that's beautiful. So tell me about your business because you I like you I think you introduced to yourself to me at a soccer sideline at one point you're like hey we do similar things and I was like I I know I've heard of her, (laughs) you know, so yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, I own an organization called She Collaborative, founded Mm -hmm. it. It's support, honor, and encouragement for women in life and business. Um, We do that through a few applications like a accountability group that's online, um, so you can be anywhere and join that. We have a subscription box for female-owned businesses, um, so it's full of female-owned businesses. We send out quarterly, and I actually pay for most of the items in there at a wholesale price so Mm -hmm. we give opportunity to smaller female-owned businesses to experience a wholesale order now my order's not huge but it gives them a little bit of opportunity to be able to learn how to negotiate and what do i price my things at so i can still make a profit um, and then I have a goal setting workshop every year as well. Uh, yeah. Coming up December 3rd here in Cedar Rapids. We yes. haven't really launched it yet. Yeah. I'm so far behind, but <laughs> no, well, this will
0: definitely come out before that. Awesome. So we will definitely mention it and link to the event when I send this one out. Yeah. So yeah, that's exciting.
1: Yeah. It's really great to be able to just embrace other uh, women in business and through my experience in leadership development and things yeah. like that. And I, I love to help people set goals and achieve them in a way that's ideal for them. And um, I found that the individual coaching is great for me. I, I love it, but I really thrive in the group setting. Mm-hmm. And it's so much better for everybody yeah. um, to also have that collaborative approach to setting yeah. and achieving their goals and celebrating with yeah. <laughs> like a group of people. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. What do you think it is in, in you that really responds to that group versus one-on-one? Cause mm. I, cause there are lots of people that kind of have those, those different relationships. I love groups. I love individuals. Yeah.
1: Individual coaching <clears throat> is a real intimate um, experience mm. and I don't, and I like that part of it. Um, what I'm not great at and we always talk about our strengths is really the follow up and keeping people accountable mm. and also, um, feeling like, like in coaching, I've always approached it as like, I'm here to guide you and support you along your journey, not hound you to achieve these things. And I don't like that. So if that one person isn't doing what they said they're going to do, I also don't want them to feel bad about it. It's, I mean, it's up to them. You know, Mm -hmm. I cannot do anything for them that they're not willing to do themselves, but I'm just not a great person at like the follow-up and accountability side to that like one-on-one because I don't want to feel like somebody's babysitter. And I think sometimes people think that that's what a coach is supposed to do. I was trained a little bit differently, um, but I still found myself in those spaces. And then my lifestyle just doesn't really account for spending that much time (laughs) with one individual without having to charge a
0: rate that's really what I'm going to need to support my family. So, Yeah. 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 That makes abundant sense. And that, you know, that side of coaching that does become dependency versus support is mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes a lot of skill as a coach to recognize when it's, you know, we go back to that idea of balance when it's that balance has shifted and that person is asking for more. And, and I've had those clients where I had a client one time that like, I would get text messages I mean, literally every hour of the day with yeah. questions and I did this and, you know, and I'm just like, I don't like, I'm happy for you and I want to answer all your questions, but I have other clients. That's a and concierge have, type service. Yeah. you need to pay for that. Yes. <laughs> and it, it was rough. It was brutal. Yeah. You know the other the other thing that you hit on, I think, is you know, that training as a coach, right? Mm-hmm. And and I was trained in that same kind of philosophy is that you're there to support and guide and, and maybe give some encouragement, but not like you're not that that CrossFit coach that's like, <laughs> one more, you know, that's not that's not what we're doing here. And it getting people to understand that accountability does not mean I'm doing it for you is mm-hmm. tough, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and but that's and and I get it, I get the mindset, but that's yeah. That's, I recently hired a strength and fitness or a strength and nutrition coach um, a couple of weeks ago, and that's been kind of when I was doing the like the intake, and he was kind of doing the sales call. He was like, "I need to know that you really want to do this because you have to be internally motivated to commit." And I was kind of like, well, I am. And then I was like, you know, that question's actually very powerful, mm-hmm. what he's asking me. And I need to really think about that. So I was like, give me a second.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: am I really committed to doing this? You know? And it, it that's, I think that goes back to what we were talking about when we opened, right? Like, does this make my life more full or am I inviting in more chaos? Yeah. Yeah. There's
1: sometimes where having, <clears throat> you know, that you're just not ready for it as a person and taking true ownership for your life is something that I learned very early on in my own leadership development training, being a John Maxwell coach speaker and trainer, like leadership is huge. And if you're not leading your own life well, and I mean, I always such as you can't see my shirt, everybody (laughs) can't, but I'm always a work in progress where that's Uh involved. But at the same time, it's like, I, I have no one else like circumstances are the way they are. And yeah. I'm gonna write a book one day, and and that will talk about the 45 years of the the crazy life of Tanya Green. But yeah. but um, the, it's like the ownership part of it. There's a lot of things that happened, and and it's okay. And sometimes you're gonna ha- you have to work through those things. But the choices that I'm making today because of the past really make an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but if I'm unwilling to take the responsibility and be responsible for how I'm choosing to, to create the future for my family, uh, the legacy we leave and everything. It's, it's impossible. And I just, I don't have a lot of, like people think that I'm a patient person, but I just don't (laughs) have a lot of like tolerance for I'll Mm -hmm. listen to you, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you know, like, Hmm probably, I don't know, just be interested in working with somebody that has all the excuses in the world. I got in trouble one time because I did a hashtag, no excuses in a group. Um, And yeah, somebody told me like, that's not, that's not okay. And I'm like, well, just as this podcast, you know, the title and stuff. And, and when you sent me the details, I was like, yeah, I am kind of an opposite thinker sometimes. And that, um, and nonconformist, because I I just feel like having pity parties. One Mm -hmm. time a mentor said to me, you can cry about something for two minutes, but then it's time to take action and move on and Figure out what you're going to do about it. And there's grace, right? There's yeah. space for that. And you don't know how much time it takes for somebody to to make those decisions to change their life. But after a while, it's just so draining. Yeah. If you're working with somebody one-on-one and they're coming back to you with the same problem all oh, the time, it's like, come on. yeah, You know, <clears throat> when are you? Like, what's it going to take? And I'm not a therapist. Right. So, yeah. you know, you got to go... Get that figured out.
0: Yeah. So I think
1: the group thing is just—it's more about accountability, and people are choosing to be there, and they want to hold each other accountable. They want to hold themselves accountable. It just works a lot easier for yeah. me right now where I am in my space too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. And I think what you're highlighting too is is self awareness. And I think as a coach, you have to be incredibly self aware, yeah. so that those boundaries don't get bowled over, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it can. I've gotten feedback from my kid. Like I always say my kid is like the canary in the coal mine because he's the one that will be like, mom, can you get off your phone? Mm. Mom. You have been on calls every night this week, you know, and he's and he's not being a brat about it. He's not being unreasonable. He's just like, I'd like to spend a little time with you. And, you know, as well as I do, if a 15 year old is asking you to spend time with them, you darn well better say yes. yes. So it's you know, it's it's been a it has been a learning process for me for well over a decade now on how do I make all of this fit in such a way that the things I truly care about are they know that I truly care about them
1: yeah yeah that's a big deal presence and making sure those priorities in check are absolutely essential yeah and you know we all fall short sometimes in those things or we have something that may pull us back every now and again you know into a space where maybe we're not you know being our best self or whatever and again it's okay but it's like the more you lean into those um the priorities and that way of life so that's kind of transformational living coaches what I call myself and Mm -hmm. and you know learning or helping women define their priorities and living them out so that they do feel that inner balance and harmony is more important to me than any of it because then you can quickly See. Oh, I'm out of alignment cuz I feel out of control. Mm. And yeah, as a control freak, that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> so Amen. And I'm like, okay, I'm feeling like way out of control. Like, okay, what's uh, not uh, happening? Uh, 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 you yeah. know, where where do I need to come back to and it it can happen for me in a manner of like 3 <clears throat> days, you know, yeah. where I'm just like boom, right yeah. back into my flow, feeling good. Okay. So
0: yeah. yeah. So tell me, you've mentioned your background um, kind of in passing. Tell me a little bit about where you came from. because you're, you're not a native Iowan. Ever. I am. You are. OK. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you left and came back to yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> little little
1: town of Tama, Iowa. That's right. OK. Now. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. And uh, I have family in both Tama and Grinnell. So I got to experience a little bit of Grinnell and the more like I would say liberal side of of mm-hmm. some communities, even rural and small yeah. town, um, and then Tama. And
0: yeah, because Grinnell's got the Grinnell College yeah, there, which mm-hmm. do, which creates that kind of yeah. influx of more um, just, I don't want to say democracy, because that's not the right word, but more kind of open thinking. You've got diverse students coming in all there from over all the over world. the world. Like, that really is kind of this gem of a college yeah. in the middle of our state. It's
1: a great little town. And I mean, <clears throat> Tama was... Too, because mm-hmm. that's where my mom's entire family basically was yeah. and that was always like a blessing and a curse because like it's such a small town that everybody knew whenever you were in trouble <laughs> like <laughs> your whole family knew and um yep. at the same time like I'm I so value those connections that yeah. my mom's family has with one another it's so great and then um Right after high school, I enlisted in the Coast Guard, Yeah. and I did four years active and four years reserved, and I was in Vacation Station, USA. I got stationed in the Florida Keys. I was going
0: to say, where is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you and poor thing. I know. It was so <laughs> terrible.
1: Um, my I first looked,
0: duty station was Fort Hood, Texas. Mm, I would have taken brother, yours all day long. <laughs> my brother was at Fort Hood, too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So I learned a ton. <clears throat> Coast Guard is so different because it's so small mm-hmm. um, that you learn a lot of different things. And that's when I decided what I thought I wanted to do um, after like high school, journalism, marine science, something like that. I was always attracted to the water. I was always attracted to finding out the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and,
1: um, and so I was like, okay, I'll do that because they offer some programs. Um, and then ended up becoming a cook, of all things, in the (laughs) Coast Guard. Uh, I quickly realized that military... Although great foundation and there's a lot of good that comes from learning the skills um, that they provide and such, um, it just wasn't for me. Like when somebody tells me to cut grass with scissors because (laughs) the weed eater is broken, I'm like, that just does not make sense to me. And so at that point, I knew it was time to just do my four years um, and then my four years reserve while Mm -hmm. I was in culinary school. Yeah. Ultimately is what I ended up doing. Oh, so, fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, people think that's a myth of the grass cutting <laughs> with scissors. I'm like, it's not like, it really happens. <laughs> like, there are so many things. That I'm like,
1: <laughs> or picking, picking
0: raw, picking grass out of rocks or yeah. painting rocks. Yes. Uh, you know, just all yes. this silly stuff that yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's not just in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then did that
1: bring you back here? Um, Or where'd you go from there? So I was in culinary school in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. um, And I did my reserve time there too. So that was really great. Um, And then I moved back to the Florida Keys. I had my first son while I was in culinary school Mm. and knew that I would be raising him as a single mom. And... I wasn't ready to come back to Iowa yet, although my family just begged and begged. Oh, it would have been much yeah.
0: easier. It, you it, had it a grandbaby t- for them, too, yeah. now. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It would have been
1: so much easier for a lot of reasons, but I just had some pride about me and had some things that I felt like I needed to prove to the world, I think, <clears throat> and... Um, And so I went back to the Florida Keys because I had a network of friends down there. Mm -hmm. I had always worked part time jobs. So I knew I was employable down there. Um, I'm curious
0: because you, okay, so you said you felt like you had some things to prove to the world. (laughs) Were you conscious at that moment of what those things were or did that come in reflection later?
1: Yeah, definitely in reflection because like pride was just so. It, I think so many times as a mom and especially a single mom, there's these things, the woe is me type mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to let this bother me. I'm going to stay on my path and trajectory of what I wanted to do in my life. And, you know, he's my son is going to come along for the ride and we're just going to do this thing. And I mean, I'm super proud of a lot of things that I accomplished and what I was able to do. But <laughs> <laughs> in hindsight, it's like, yeah, You know, you hate to admit that your parents are right, but (laughs) (laughs) it was just that thing where I was like, okay, but yeah, Uh, I was just always like, I'm just going to do this. mm -hmm. And, um, and that created a lot of hardship for a lot of people watching my struggle, if you will, and supporting my struggle still to this day, relationships have been broken because of my choices. Sure. Um, they weren't totally conscious choices. I wasn't right. thinking about it. Right. I was just doing it, and I'm kind of like seventy five percent think now and twenty five percent just do um, in my life now. But at the same time, like it, it wasn't on purpose. Mm-hmm. I just, I had always been raised by a single mom who who just did the things, mm-hmm. and I I just yeah. did, and you know, yeah. I th- I think I wanted a badge for it, but. <laughs> But I didn't, you know, like it Mm -hmm. wasn't on purpose. It was just, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you? I'm so I'm curious about this because this is something that I've been um, become aware of in myself over the last year or two. Is that those accomplishments, that stubbornness, is what I call it in myself of. I'm going to figure this out. Like that was a phrase that I used a lot. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I actually had someone that was close to me right after I moved here to Iowa go. You are not going to figure it out. It's in God's hands. Like and it was and that was true of that situation, right? <laughs> but at the time, like I have I have absolutely bulldozed and rammed myself through situations and same thing, lost relationships as a result. You know, those, you know, yeah. these things happen. But I was I was tying. All right, if I can do this, then that proves my worth. Mm-hmm. Like that was the badge I was looking for. To you, for you to tell me I'm doing a good job. Yeah. Or you're professional at this. Or you know you're a mate. Some version, right? So like when Logan was walking out earlier, and he was like, "You're great." I'm like, "Yes, I need that." You know, yeah. like that is that's the kind of affirmation that I need. And I don't know if that's like our generation because they say that like Generation X, they love to be affirmed and be mm. given. I'm like, I don't know if it's that or if it's my upbringing yeah. and background, mm-hmm. you know? I was very so. much raised <clears throat>
1: in, a, in an environment where um, last name was well known and, and, and that everything was defined about how hard you worked. Mm. And so I always felt that that was something that I had to do even when people told me i didn't or come home and we can help and things like that it was always like you know like this unsaid feeling pressure on myself it wasn't anything they actually said or anything right. they actually did then but finding out yeah that like i can i'm worthy it took mm-hmm. me a long time just in who i am and and my heart is right. good Um, and none of that was ever told to me. It was always about how hard you worked and how much money you had in the bank and, (coughs) and those things. And again, it's, I've definitely reconciled the fact that our parents, they only know what's best. Does it make it right or wrong? No. I know that they've always tried and they, they always, their intentions are always Mm -hmm. good yeah, it's just different and sometimes sometimes those thoughts like I can probably think about that with my kids and I've made some major mistakes sure um but it doesn't make it right it's just what people know mm-hmm. and so giving them grace because I've definitely been given that um I can look back and say I know that this is what you thought it's sometimes it may or may not be okay yeah but moving forward is so essential, and unfortunately, sometimes you just can't reconcile relationships. You just can't mm-hmm. change those things, and what do you do then?
0: Yeah,
1: I have to move on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, you've used the word graced a few times, and I think that is—that's been a touchstone word for me lately. I've had people hand it to me a couple mm. of different times. Is you know, offer yourself some grace. Like you can, you can have some grace here. Like mm-hmm. I've had so many times over the last few weeks. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is. <laughs> And I'm someone that when stuff starts to recur like that, I'm like, all right, there's a message here for me. Somebody's talking to me right now. So I need three to or pay more attention. Times. Yes. I'm always <laughs> like,
1: if something comes up three or more times, there's gotta be something here. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. and
0: then I get frustrated because I'm like you, I'm impatient. I'm like, what is it? Just tell me the lesson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stop making me try to learn it yes. through experience, yes. darn it. You know? <laughs>
1: But That's the only way yeah. I've ever been able to learn. And I think that's like the pride and like control freak in me It's like if I don't learn it for myself, it doesn't matter how many times like even in mentorship, like my mentors like luckily have been there to help me when I failed and like, mm-hmm. OK, now what are we going to do? But never like this is exact like. I don't know if anybody ever learns from, you know, we have those, you know, coaching programs or whatever that are right. secrets to success and whatever. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. if you do exactly this, it's going to work out this way. Well, You'll make $10,000 in a day. Yeah, oh you my don't, God. you yeah. don't live my life. And yeah. so how can you say it's going to be exactly this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've always felt super blessed by the fact that people are like, okay, cool. You know, yeah. you messed up. Now what are you, what are we going to do? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, in a lot of ways, not yeah. all the time, you know, yeah. again, there's some things that just can't, can't be fixed. Right. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, I think
0: at that point, like my experience has been when it's things that just really can't be fixed, it's just getting to that point where I can forgive myself. I can forgive the, the things that happened, can find that grace and I can learn from it. Yeah. So that whatever that was, you know, whatever my part in all of that was, yes. I can acknowledge, recognize, yes. take whatever action I need to take, and keep moving with my life. Yeah, hopefully better because yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: And I think that's the that's the end game. It's and then it's hard and difficult when people don't recognize that that there's been an evolution yeah. in you. You know, however, like you just can't hold on to it, and you just have to like let those things go and take the lessons from it and continue to move forward and just try to be the best possible version of yourself that you can. And I think uh, there's so many people that just, I just had a conversation with somebody today that I'm like, the naysayers are just, they're gonna want to hold you down. You're doing something completely Mm -hmm. different that's never been done before. I mean, the things that my husband and I have decided to do together and reconciling our marriage and everything else it's like you we had to decide and it, it was the hardest thing i had ever done mm-hmm. ever 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 in my life no matter how the book yeah. looks <clears throat> and you know my friends yeah. sometimes would be like my gosh tanya even when i was like 20 yeah they're like you need to write a book Yeah like, well it's not played out yet you yeah. know and it's not the story's not done but yeah. um but you just have to like make those decisions and the the road less traveled, right, is the hardest usually. Mm-hmm. And um doing things different than what most of society would even say to do yeah. is it is so hard.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's where like my my whole leadership philosophy comes to exactly that point, which is we are the sum of our experiences. Like it's all based on the Fibonacci sequence where, you know, two plus two equals four, four plus two equals six. Like we are the sum of those experiences. And if we try to somehow diminish some experience that we've had without fully recognizing what it has added to our life, We, I think, you know, we end up with like almost like these little matrix holes in us Mm. because we've got a little dark spot. Mm. We're not seeing it. It could become a blind spot Mm -hmm. that we continue to repeat that mistake (sighs) over and over. You know, it could be something that we lean on. Well, I did this, this one time. Therefore, and like, I just, you know, I, I've heard um, so many sayings kind of related to to that idea. And I just, I always come back to like, I am who I am today because of everything I've done before. Good and bad and insane. And, you know, thank God
1: there wasn't social media. Oh, my
0: God. My (laughs) friend Preston and I say that every time we have lunch. (laughs) But there is, I, you know, I think today, you know, where where we are today and that ability to understand the risk that we are able to take mm-hmm. and what we can tolerate is mm-hmm. born of all of the risks that we took where we tripped and fell.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and that's that's a beautiful thing. So yeah. tell me how you ended up back in Iowa, though. Because you're in the oh, Keys, you've goodness. got this child, you're being your stubborn self that Aren't wants to going? do it on your own. <laughs> yeah. How'd you end up back here? Well, Hmm. okay inquiring minds want to know all right yeah I'll try to be quick (laughs) so so in the Florida
1: Keys Coast Guard um out of the Coast Guard back down to the Florida Keys well I went to culinary school had my son back down to the Florida Keys started working at a huge resort as um took a position that I was nowhere near qualified for, (laughs) but they thought I could do it. So I was like, "Eh, why not? I'll do this. Great benefits. All of the things, um, can really provide for my son in a great way. And according to this hot Jamaican dude, (laughs) I was pushing, I was, He says I was the lunch lady. Okay, I was preparing (laughs) lunch, yes, for the employees of the resort because that was one of my responsibilities, but pushing a cart down, um, lunch cart down, and apparently I was walking a certain way. (laughs) Well, I turned and looked at him because I could smell saffron of all things and I cannot Uh stand the smell. And I was like, what are you cooking? And he said, Coca-Cola rice. I still, to this day, have no idea except for saffron, what's in this, and probably (laughs) Coca-Cola. I was like, smells like saffron, and off I went. And then um, a hurricane came our way. Mm-hmm. and um, we ended up evacuating together with a group of friends and spent a whole lot of time with no electricity and a whole lot of wine. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's the story of how my husband and I met. Oh, I love had it. child number one <clears throat> um, together, had child number two, and when she, just before she was a year old, we also um, both had full-time jobs. Um, I owned a catering company, which was the premier catering company in that part of the Florida Keys during that time. But that was in 2008. Uh, There was a whole lot of money rolling in right before that. I had zero business wherewithal to realize that as quickly as I was spending that money, it was also no longer going to be coming in. Right. And um, a lot of real estate investors and things like that left a lot of people high and dry without yeah. money that wasn't necessarily my story but again had no business wherewithal which yeah. doesn't make sense because but
0: within the ecosystem when you have big <sighs> big injections of money like that's contributing to the health yeah. of the ecosystem and when those yeah. leave gone everybody gone. gets impacted
1: devastation and um and then the hurricane came yeah and um well it all came around the same time first the hurricane then then the housing market crash was starting to happen. And then I had Miss Lily and mm. she was one and I was just exhausted. Um, I think I had postpartum but wouldn't recognize it. Sure. Wouldn't claim it. No. And um also some other things. And uh our marriage wasn't great. Yeah. And so I made the phone call and I said, I think we need to come home. <laughs> mm, yeah. Finally, after all those kids yeah. and, and quite a few years had passed.
0: Was that your family's reaction? Finally.
1: They're like, okay. And in three yeah. days we were packed up and trailered up and wow. moved back. Um, wow. Me and the kids. Yeah. And uh, my husband had to stay. He had some immigration issues that we needed to work out. Um our marriage wasn't great. Mm. And I thought, well, if nothing else, we can move back to where we have a little bit more support with our family and try to figure things out. Little did I know that things would get much, much worse for all the parts of my life. And yeah, so that's how we got back to Iowa. (laughs) And now we're... well, Lily's 13, so 12 years cuz yeah. it was a few days after her first birthday.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. wow. So you have you have an older son, you have a son who's my who's my son's age, you mm-hmm. have Lily who's 13. Do you have another one?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, that's I part thought so. of the story. Yeah, yeah. She's my bonus daughter. Yeah. Um, but she's my husband's daughter. Yeah. And she's 8. Yeah. So something happened in the middle of our marriage <laughs> and you and got a bonus dollar. Yeah, <laughs> And um you know it's part of our story, it's part of the yeah. beauty of of God's grace and true mm-hmm. miracles of reconciliation and working very hard at changing the trajectory of yeah. our kids' lives, um of future generations of what it looks mm-hmm. like to um to work really hard yes. to to consciously decide mm-hmm. that we were going to be the change finally for both yeah. of our families, yeah. so yeah,
0: and I admire that so much because I literally just um, entered marriage number three, which um, <clears throat> we have both agreed is our final marriage. Either one of us is dying, yeah, or we're sticking it I out, saw right? That little
1: Instagram yeah, post, that I was know, like, just slip
0: that right in there. Yeah, and it <laughs> was, you know, I've been just jokingly calling it my accidental marriage, but it's it's really not. It was very intentional. I mean, I love this man. I he's my human. All of these things, but you know, we are going to be apart for the next two years, you know, and so I know that that's not going to be easy every day, you know, and I think, and that's what I really admire about your story without going into a lot of details is that perseverance, that dedication to making the decision again, intentionality, like feels like a theme of your story Mm -hmm. so strongly Mm -hmm. of we're going to do this. We're both going to commit. We're going to make this work. And this isn't, you know, we're in the society today that is like throw it away, get a new one, throw it away, yeah. get a new one. And I've thrown two husbands away, and I, like I don't like I'd like to make this one sustainable, you know. So <laughs> he's gonna die when he hears me describe it that way. But <laughs> but that's like this is something that you know, marriage is a big deal. There's another person involved. There's kids involved. Yeah. There's pets involved. You know, like this is a big deal. Yeah,
1: I always look at things and, you know, so many people will be like, oh, the kids will be fine. Or it's so much, ha-, you know, you're yeah. happy, so they'll be happy. I i don't want to discount dysfunction and, yeah. and uh, abuse and un- right. unsafe yeah. spaces. Like, no, like, get out, get it figured yes. out. Can things change? They can, I believe. And I've seen things happen in marriages that would totally shock. People are shocked and awed by our situation, too. That being said, it's like there's kids they're they're resilient, but they're still ramifications mm-hmm. that we never see usually. It might happen right away, but there are some times that you don't see that like my husband and I are both good people, right, right? but we were doing things very wrong. Right. We were not honoring our marriage. We were, both sides, doesn't yeah. matter who was worse or who was better or right. any of that. Like people look at me and they're like, "Oh, you're so strong because of what you did." And I'm like, "But you don't know what he was putting up
0: with." <laughs> right. Because, um, don't assume not, victimhood yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. And what he
1: continues to put up with every day. But um but yeah. it's it's you know, we 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 saw it in ourselves sure. and how broken of a people we were. When we walked into our pastor's office and he heard our whole childhood stories because yeah. we spent hours in counseling, um, he was like, this is a legit miracle that you yeah. both decided to be different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's God, but that's also, like, everything. Like, we had to decide, and we had to do the work. And, um, you know, we can hope that things will be different, but that's so out of the norm. Yeah, You're so right. It's not something that people are willing to do. And, you know, people contact me. I heard about your story. You know, I've tried everything. And I'm like have you really Mm -hmm.
0: you've tried everything that's easy or that's comfortable or we we also
1: were separated for seven months so it wasn't like like we tried in the house like he had literally left
0: right yeah
1: and it worked out you know so um and and it was down to the last like okay god i'm releasing this totally Mm -hmm. to you Whatever happens, happens. And apparently he ran out of laundry soap, and that's the reason why he moved back in. (laughs) It's
0: because God had a plan, my friend. The lunch lady
1: (laughs) story, laundry soap. I don't know. It's just always part of the journey. I love it.
0: Well, and you have, I mean, you you have taken, you know, this this chaotic, this, you know, running into obstacles kind of life and turned it into a way to help others Mm. not have to go through all of that stuff, but to learn and grow from their own experiences that's like to me that is that's the power in the work that you're able to offer the power of your experience quite frankly mm. like and I love that about you Thank you. I think the first time that I I recognized who you were and I recognize like, because you see people all the time and they're not exactly human they're just people it's another soccer parent it's yeah. another football parents and you know whatever it is but I think the first time I was like present and noticing like who you were I was like there's something about her that I like, you know, that I just, I'm like, I just know intuitively I'm going to like this woman and I'm going to appreciate her. Mm. And I don't feel like that about yeah. everybody, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I think, you know, as I've learned just snippets of your story here and there and hearing even more today, it's like you, I, I'm i going to say this with all genuineness, like you are a gift to mm. the people that you work with. Gosh. And so I hope they recognize that. <laughs> so, don't make me cry. It's like know, the third I'm time sorry. this week. I mean, <laughs> I People have
1: been so generous. Thank you. I I um, receive it um, humbly. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's
0: hard. I'm I have a hard time with stuff like that, too. So I I can relate
1: because it's just second nature to me to do what I do. Mm -hmm. There's zero agenda except for showing people. The only agenda I have is showing people what true love looks like and and acceptance and honoring them, you know, and that's all it's about for me. If one day I can make millions off of it, that's awesome. But yeah. for today, all it means is just that somebody yeah. can experience that. Yeah. So. But
0: I think even if you make millions, you're still gonna be of service. Well, yeah. Like, totally. I don't I don't see you using <laughs> those millions be. to go buy a gold toilet. I, I see mean, you being of service with maybe that. a
1: vacation. But <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: But then right back to the making that <laughs> yes, jerk seasoning, darn yes, it. <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Oh well, thank you so yeah, much for you. joining me today, especially last minute. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad it worked out the way it did. This was so great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Dangerous Leader. If you liked what you heard, have comments or suggestions. Please like and follow the show and leave us a comment. I truly love your feedback. You can find a list of different resources that we discuss to include a link to all of Tanya's channels and additional commentary at dangerousleader.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Jen Smith, D-R Smith. Yes, that's confusing. I have two different last names. Before we sign off from today's session, I need to give credit to the amazing team here at LAS Media Network who produces and distributes this podcast from right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. If you want ad-free episodes of the Dangerous Leader bonus content and much, much more, then consider subscribing to LAS+. All you've got to do is go to lasmedianetwork.com slash plus to get started. And always remember to lead dangerously be you.